Nerd School is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Now offering video visits so you can take control of your orthopedic care from the comfort of your home. Schedule online at orthocarolina.com. Ortho Carolina, you improve. Hey, fellows. It's the first night of another season. Nerd roll. Nerd roll. Nerd roll. Hey. This will begin season two of Nerd School. Welcome back to season two, Nerd High. Glad to have you. It's gonna be crazy stunts. We're gonna. No. Joe's gonna bring more penis jokes. No penis stuff. I am a super nerd. The Nerd School Podcast, starring Andy, Star Spangled Band with a plan. Maybe I'll try to do a cartwheel. TBJ. Congratulations. You did dirt. Ta-da. I got to change. All my exes can tune in. We can have oh, episodes where I compare them to all the Marvel villains. We can do that. Art star. Yep. I don't love Wiener. I'm just trying to make money. Lord <laughs> Art of his prime. No. Yeah, my real name is Joe. Did I ever tell you about the time I hung out with uh, DMC at Mertz? The Nerd School Podcast. There's like one on um, stinking Netflix, like a knight, K-N-I-G-H-T, before, yeah. where he's a mid-century knight and ends up in like modern day New York. And I'm like, guys. Isn't that uh, Kate and Leopold? Hugh Jackman is like a colonial dude who travels through uh, yep. or a French dude or something who meets Meg Ryan. Yeah, it's a genre. I'm yeah. like, um, First of all, time, time travel from even evil times. You didn't bathe. What am I? What am yeah. I falling in love with? Uh, yeah, you're falling in love no with thanks. stank ass. Right. Thanks, thanks. No thanks. So time travel rom-coms is a whole genre. Sure. I don't even know if they want to call it a genre, but there are way too many movies in that field. that I'm just like and their movie called like uh, somewhere in time with like Christopher Reeve. And uh, I don't remember what the plot is with that. But I feel it's time travel. And there are way too many movies. Well, you have a time traveler's wife. There's so many. It's just. It's November, right? Something like November rain or some shit like that. Is that what you're talking about? Andy. It's it's December art. I don't don't know where you're talking about. No, he's talking about your movie. He's He's talking about that movie. Oh, uh, Somewhere in Time, Christopher Reeve. Oh, Oh, Christopher Reeve. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know why I think you said Keanu Reeves. We were talking about Keanu Reeves earlier. Uh, the Lake House. I think it's Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock writing each yeah. other letters. Right, 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 right. Like, And November ooh, Rain. I, I, I don't know if there's a movie called November Rain. That's a Guns N' Roses song. Art, Art did you know that uh, The Matrix is softcore sci-fi? Not softcore. Well... <laughs> I don't like where you guys are heading in this conversation. <laughs> hardcore and softcore. I'm just gonna put that out now. Andy says there's hardcore sci-fi and softcore sci-fi. Matrix would be softcore. I would it's, think it would be hard. You can you can take the word core out of there. There's hardcore, hard man. sci-fi is a lot more nuts and bolts. Uh, like there's, there's science fiction and why could this science fiction be possible? Kind of like really into the uh, so is Star Wars soft core <laughs> like star wars star, star wars trek that's where would hard? that play uh, where would star that... trek would be harder sci-fi i think but star uh, trek because... would be hardcore star wars is softcore 
Uh, I dare not, to a Star Wars fan. And, it's not know. soft core. Uh, Why can't we say core? Is core? Is that? Uh, you're not uh, saying hardcore, softcore, anything. Penetration. Podcast. <laughs> hardcore art star. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, there is a yes. <clears throat> it is just hard science fiction. There's no. Or core. it's like heavier. It's like uh, deeper into the weeds as far as deeper, you know, heavier, harder. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, here's the definition. Would you like, Joe? I will reach. I just didn't know this was a thing. I didn't know. Hard science fiction is a category of science fiction characterized by the concern of scientific accuracy and logic. Mm-hmm. Okay. By Star Trek, which is dealing with actual space travel yeah. and logic. Yeah, and Star Wars, which is a little more fantasy. Yeah. Are different. But don't walk up to these fans. What did yeah, you say, Art? Yeah, Art sounded like you're in a can. Oh, <laughs> is it high fantasy or low fantasy? High and low is a little bit less horny. Neither <laughs> one is horny. <laughs> we are supposed to be here to talk about Hawkeye. And yeah. so, <laughs> way off a of track, like, so uh, far down the street. Well, it all started with us talking about Arthur polishing his body for this podcast, getting ready to. No, you talked about Art polishing his body. Nobody else talked about that. Art, just so you know, Joe has a real need for you and nude. I don't know why. I you just... guys are free to have whatever kind of friendship you want to have. Hey, we're a tag team. But there's, Joe there's is locker room. There's locker Joe room. Is best with you right to be fair <laughs> fair. oh boy arthur's been watching letter kenny mm-hmm. and andy has to the new episode the new season. but but that's not we're not here to talk about letter kenny even though to, to be fair to be fair we're here to talk about hawkeye <laughs> episodes three through six yes yep jorzy uh <laughs> <laughs> fuck you joey fuck you shorzy hey. <laughs> Uh, Excuse me, I, I coughed. I apologize for coughing. Okay, I'm so, there you on this podcast. So yeah. I just did a quick recap this morning so that I could um, remember where we were at, uh, where we left off. We left off an episode uh, three. Oh no, three. Yeah, so this is four, mm-hmm. four, five, and six. So I'll just kind of go through the bullet points that I have. They're not all questions, they're just like sort of recaps and let you guys talk because it's hard to remember what we, you know, what we talked about, what we didn't. Yeah, um, the, the, our holiday recording schedule has been uh, a little tough to come by. Yeah, we've all been busy. Like Andy's busier and art. I mean, art seems to work every day. Tiffany's working eight jobs and Andy's working Van Gogh. Which is immersive. Oh, and I'll put this out to the listeners. I'll work less jobs if someone just wants to support. Yes. Very low key, Disney obsessed traveling lifestyle. My yes. board well not that high. So, uh, dear listeners, yeah, I'm into less jobs. <laughs> Send us yeah. four hundred thousand dollars a month, and we yep. will stop quit our jobs and put out us sacks some- of money. Yeah, so many episodes we'll put out. Yeah, yeah. we full time, just one day recording. Boom, boom. Twenty four seven podcasting. It'll be a, a live stream for twenty four hours. We'll do it. 
Uh, there, there are people who do. There's like gamers on Twitch yeah. who do that and get plenty of money for just. Well, they're not well, exciting. They're just awake, and you watch them be awake. <laughs> like. This is weird. My kids are like, yeah, he's just awake playing the game for 20. I was like, is he entertaining you? Are there jokes? Is there a dance number? No, they're just watching <laughs> for 24 hours playing video games. Wow. I clearly went to the wrong career field. Yeah, and they're getting paid. Yeah. All right. So sort of towards the beginning of episode four, we discover uh, the whole thing. The big revelation is that Sloan uh, is a front, which is a Jax swordsman who ends up being a swordsman's business, is a front for the Jacques track Duquesne. Suit, track suits, Jacques Duquesne. Yeah. And yeah, they're, they're fronting money. They, they say track at this point they say track suits and the big guy. Yeah. yeah. So we introduced the whole track suit mafia, which I think is hilarious and brilliant. Uh this isn't in the comics, right? The track suit guys isn't, right? Absolutely they are. Oh, they are. That's the whole thing. Yeah, they, so much of Russian, this... they talk like that. Yeah, the, hey, bro, what it's going on, bro? Yeah, bro, that's absolutely from the comic. It's, oh, the, okay. it's from a Matt Fraction, David Aja series from 2012 okay. that kind of uh, revitalized Hawkeye as a character in the comic books because, uh, like, the art style was very crisp and clean and interesting and very uh, well thought out and laid out. And uh, so this is was, all this is all directly. You, yeah, you said this is all storyline in the comics, right? This whole a lot. I mean, not series. everything, but a lot of this very much of this series it's, it's absolutely i'm sure this series was greenlit because that comic series was such a good so well received and like won awards and was so much fun that they said we have our hawkeye series right here we, so we that just was, need to tweak it a little that, bit that comic series was super popular with the nerd community like everybody yeah. loved it yeah. and everybody yeah. knows it is that mm -hmm. you know so yeah a lot of people yeah it's what's it was, that series called? Is it just Hawkeye? It's called Hawkeye. Okay. But it's from 2012 by uh writer Matt Fraction and artist David Aja. And they, David Aja's uh style or like you know, honestly, I have to look into who did the, like the cover work and stuff, but like the logo, like the the font of yeah. the title of the TV series is directly from the comic book. Oh, cool. All right. And, and a people, lot of like the credits are inspired by David. And you Oscar. guys, you guys, you comic guys recognize that, right? Like Art Star, when you saw the logo, you were right away, you're like, yeah, comic. Yep, that's it. Uh -huh. yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, if if you're familiar with comics in the last decade, you're like, yeah, all right, this is Hawkeye. And then they're basically, but the challenge they had, I think I talked about this before, is taking the MCU version of Hawkeye, who is, you know, married with children and, uh, sort of uh, more low-key assassin type mm -hmm. and put him into a story built around the comic book Hawkeye who's a lot more devil may care uh, fun kind of dude who uh, you know he was a carny who was like he was an, a low-rent criminal at first and then kind of turned his life around and he has a brother named Barney who's that, not still a criminal. Is the low rent criminal bit Ronin or is that a different thing? A different thing. Like okay. you know, yeah, like like seedy carny lifestyles. Gotcha. Like I he may or may not have been somehow involved with the circus of crime, which is a whole thing. Oh, uh, yeah, we'll get put that aside. Yeah, go TBJ. No, just interesting fact that um David Aja will or did as of last year um take over batman black and white anthology for dc Comics. oh yeah david i doing a batman series would be pretty good looking yeah 
the colorist on this side note uh, for Batman. <laughs> Matt Holland Matt Hollingsworth is the one who did the coloring on um the Hawkeye series. Oh yeah, so, coloring you can't go like the, the coloring was huge on that too. Like uh David Aja, you know, would do the, the pencils, which right. is you know, you get like the really good thing, but no one talks about colorists. No one yeah, ta- yeah, talks yeah, about letterers. Yeah, and you're gonna have to t- explain to me why coloring would matter. Like, can't a, a six year old just color? No, otherwise it's all in black and white. Have you? But it's let, just color, right? Like anybody can. No, color crayons, when right? you're coloring things, you have to think all about. Right, I've lost everybody. How colors show up? Color composition. Color, you know, is a big you, thing. Yeah, what kind of medium you're using? It's not just coloring. Can your six year old color? Yes. Is it going to look well in a comic book? Probably not. That's like saying you went to the museum, you went to the Beckler, and you're like, <laughs> I can watercolor. I got it. Yeah, I same. can. <laughs> yeah, not quite the same, Joe. Well, I'm the same guy who, like, you know, people get mad at me because, like, I feel like music, like drummers, like everybody gets mad about what I say about drummers. Like, what a drummer is drummers? anybody. Like, like with Van Halen. When Van Halen and David Lee Roth split, I liked the David Lee Roth stuff because that sounded like Van Halen to me because the singer, he can just get anybody to play the guitar and the drums and the keyboard and everything. And everybody's like, oh, you asshole, shut up. Van Halen's art. You know, nah, I don't know. Anybody can play that drum beat, right? And then everybody gets all mad. Oh, drummers, there's a reason drummers are so famous. There's a reason there's Slash. There's a reason there's Travis Barker. It's their personality. It's Tommy like- Lee. In, on the guitar there's a reason like each of them plays their role very well yes anyone can pick up uh drumsticks joe you took drums in elementary school <laughs> band I yeah you, you, yeah i can't you got no drums. respect for it yeah. you got well no i guess i should because art. i couldn't do it i couldn't figure out how that's to, my favorite I couldn't figure part out how to do most my, bands i couldn't figure out how to do my feet in my hand yeah but what i'm saying is they sound to me if i close my eyes i can't tell the drum i don't maybe the guy from was it Led Zeppelin had an awesome drum drummer or something like those ones that are like unbelievable. But like, I couldn't tell the difference between Phil Collins drums and I don't know when Phil Collins left whatever band he played <laughs> drums in. I don't know. So we're going to, after we talk about comics books, we're just going to do a cultural series for. Yeah. All right. Back to colorists though. Like yeah. I don't, all right. What I want somebody to send me an email, like send me the colorist art and see if I can tell any different than any other colorist. Maybe I can't. Maybe you're right, and it is it, it's, Coloring is a whole different, like, is a style as well. All right, so yeah. you, you've got uh, the, the main artist who generally does, you know, uh, black and white sketches, or black and white, they're not sketches, they're drawings. They're, are, yeah. they're very detailed. Right. Then you've got the inker that kind of uh, darkens the, the lines and makes it... Uh, Nobody like, talks about those inkers either, right? That's Who's your right, favorite that's inker? Right. I don't know the name of any of them, but uh, they're behind the scenes. Yeah, they're like Hawkeye. So they're like tech. They're like the technical people in theater, like the kind of they're, yeah. they're putting a key grip and the, all that shit. And they're putting together the set. They're yeah. putting together like the, the whole set technician. Like the, uh, you could write whatever, but if you don't have someone who can competently, like a team who competently interpret what's on the the script page into a visual style and not ever like you could color with a crayons all you want but you're not going to get the style you're not going to get like the color palette like very like a lot of comic book art is sort of like muddy action stuff whereas 
David Aja was uh, and uh, the the colorist here, Mark Mark Hollingsworth was his name. Matt so he's, Matt, Matt Hollingsworth. <laughs> See, uh, it just sort of thing. like it makes it pop. It makes it brighter. It makes it uh, okay. like and like Hawkeye's big color is purple. They had a big deal about doing their cool purple suits and stuff. Like Kate Bishop does the little sketch drawing of Hawkeye's her proposed Hawkeye costume. Yeah, like that's you know. Think of it this way. Think of it this way. So just like in art, like if you have a book, right? If you're flipping through the pages, a lot of times, some people, most, I don't want to say most people, some people, some people don't like to read, right? So a lot of times when you're picking up a book, you're picking it up because the pictures look beautiful. Yes. Okay. Most of the time, the writer is not creating those pictures. So then you have, let's say you have, you have the anchor, the colorist, and the writer. So the writer comes up with a story, and then maybe the anchor or someone else creates a storyboard form, and then the story go along with the pictures. So it's like, it's like that whole little kid thing where like kids get really interested in books by the pictures, and then they learn the stories based on what the pictures are. So when you're reading a comic book, you're looking at all of the pretty, pretty pictures, and then sometimes <laughs> like, oh, this writing's pretty fucking good. Like Chip Zdarsky is a really good writer, but then also a lot of the books that he writes, the art is pretty fucking awesome. Why are the these chi- Why are these children saying the f word? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, something's wrong with you. They grew up on Rick and Morty. I don't okay. know. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, but, so, okay, but, so that's well, that's cool, and I'm glad. Well, Art, as we talked about in the happy hour, he's got this art background, so that's kind of good that he's yeah, kind of talking about that. So maybe, I guess, is there any examples any of you of looking at a comic and be like, boy, this colorist fucking sucks. I'm never reading that again. I think. But, uh, I was, ten, yeah, go ahead, TBJ. I was gonna say the the beauty of good color composition and creativity is that regular everyday you and I aren't going to notice it, right? Think about commercials you watch. There's somebody in that background who decided exactly what colors, how they were combined, at what uh, width you saw the word show up on the screen. There's someone whose job that is. They aren't getting to know them, but you were attracted to that commercial. It has very little to do with the product, right? A lot has to do with what colors they choose. They also know what colors evoke what emotions. Like there's so much behind color, like the science of color that you don't have to think about in everyday life. So maybe it's a thing like you don't hear about it unless it's a problem. Right. Kind of. Yeah. It's like it's like you go uh, the, if you'll pick up a book and flip through it. And a lot of times if it doesn't speak to you, you're like, I don't like the art in this. You're not going to yeah. blame a specific person yeah. unless it's Rob Liefeld who just can't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just can't. Rob Liefeld. Yeah. Poor Rob so Liefeld. Like, no. No. What if he's not a great poor, guy? Like, what if he he's is not? A, he's, he's not. not. A great... No, he got real mad that someone took, made one of his characters, like, uh, his crappy character Shatterstar, who's this schmuck with a sword that's two swords, technically because one sword isn't cool enough and he had this dumb giant cheerleader top knot thing and this dumb uh bike helmet hat he was an awful character and someone later tried to like sort of all right let's take what's here of this sword dude and make him something else and like basically turned him gay and he was real mad about that 
Like, how dare oh. you make one of my characters gay? I gotta go. I, I gotta start writing comics again to make him not gay again. Oh, uh, so, there's a so yeah, he, yeah, he's a, he's a kind of a schmuck, and he's not good at his job. But like, because he, but people you know, probably like his art, right? There are people that like that. Yeah, because that because like early '90s comics, uh, like kind of had a boom, and he was one of the people doing comics at the time. So you know how you really like Three's Company, and it's probably not that great a show. What? Yeah, you know, you watch old stuff you like when you were a kid, and like, yeah. oh, I love this. I love like, and you know, there's enough there that you're like, okay, I get it. But it's yeah, if you look at it critically, you're like, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 why did I like that? Yeah, yeah why? You know, why is it hilarious? So it's, and some people don't have that critical faculty to go back and go, oh, you know what? That Rob Liefeld shit I really liked. Like he can't draw feet or ankles, and everyone is misproportioned, <laughs> and everyone has the same face because that's extreme. But uh, yeah. So anyway, there's an art team with yes. comics. I mean, th- there are some artists who can do all of it. Like, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna write it. I'm gonna do my own art. I'm gonna letter it. I'm gonna color it. I'm gonna ink it. Do it all myself. But uh, that's kind of few and far between, especially with the sheer amount of comics that get published on a weekly basis and the importance of deadlines like all right we'll we'll divide and conquer the art here you you handle the sketch work the line work you do the ink you do the lettering you do the coloring and we'll all make it a change hey joe yeah joe you should watch the movie chasing amy it's a kevin smith film yeah i think i've seen that so you see like it has a bit now about the you know debating between inking and penciling or whatever oh okay and it's, it's and it's uh, the mighty Ben Affleck. Yeah, it's got stupid Ben Affleck in it. So I'm not, not gonna stupid. Want to... <laughs> He's not stupid. That's not nice, Joe. Well, speaking of uh, not nice, uh, we we're back to Hawkeye episode four, and mm-hmm. in that at this bit is when Clint and Kate are Kate. sort of going back and forth between Clint not being nice to her because she wants to be his partner. He's trying to keep her safe. And we got the Christmas smoothie scene where she comes and she brings the movies. Uh, it's like a nice moment of like, wow, that was really nice of you to do. And they're starting to warm to I each other. I love that you call them smoothies. Those were margarita mixes. <laughs> yeah. Well, she calls them. She calls them frozen. He calls them. He says frozen. You got any more of those frozen smoothies? But it was a margarita bag. I think she said that. And you got any more of those frozen things? And then they show him making them, you know, because he's got them taped all to his body, you know, because he's all hurt. And then we have the whole montage of them drinking together and him showing her that little flick thing, which was cool because it comes in later and it actually saves the day against Kingpin. Mm -hmm. Um, But that little bit is really cool. like Establishing those two as a relationship. That's it's nice to see a guy and a young girl and there's not a sexual thing there, you know, like Mm -hmm. For a change, like it's like a father-daughter type of thing, and a hero, and a and there's no smarmy weirdness. Anyway, yes, so it's nice to see in general. Yes, every once in a while, because you know you never. No, really a lot of the while. Let's see yeah. that a lot of the while. Yeah, let's, let's see it. A, let's a make lot that of... the norm. <laughs> yeah, let's make that the norm. 
well and but it's kind of cool it's like you know we're establishing these characters and just like just as this whole thing that you guys have said throughout all these things these disney shows are this opportunity to take these secondary characters in this big mcu you know it's hard to get hawkeye time when you got iron man and hulk and you know captain america and and kate bishop you know it's established yeah. as kate bishop and Haley steinfeld is awesome i think and i'm hating clint barton less you know, her hawkeye less. but <laughs> right. you, know, you just had a you had a hawkeye hate for no reason so well and then we pretty soon we get to the fight scene in the on the rooftop where she's got to go and get the watch and it's and, and then, we pause before you yeah. get to the fight thing something yeah. that i needed to check in with andy i think we talked about it a little bit but we didn't dive deep is clint's wife because the reason he's yeah. going to the watch is because she's like uh this is still out here in these streets right. uh at the moment she spoke russian i was like wait hold on yeah i was confused uh, i think andy you you said a little bit do we know do we have a full history on her or is this uh well uh it's it's up in the air this, this is uh like the big reveal at the end when uh she gets her at the end of episode six. So, yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to jump over there. She gets that watch and it reveals she's agent 19, which oh, uh, I com- missed that completely. Yeah. Or it's, it, it's barely there on the watch. It's, all, it's just on the, it's on the back of the watch. Oh. I, had, I had to go back and like, look at a still to see it, but okay. you know, the nerds were about it. And in the comics, uh, Hawkeye's wife for a while, or those. for a long time, was an Avenger, another Avenger named Mockingbird, Bobby Morse. Uh, that's not uh, Laura's name, is his wife in this. So that was kind of like a swerve back in Age of Ultron when they first introduced Hawkeye as a family man, because he's not that in the comics. I mean, he was married for a while, but I think by the time Age of Ultron came out, like in the comic books, they like Mockingbird had died for a while and turned out she was kidnapped by Skrulls or something, and then yeah. Uh, came back and then was not interested in resuming their married life or something like that. Yeah, because so, they was actually about to get divorced before this all happened. So right. their marriage started to crumble. But what? Well, makes I sense? just was curious because without going all the way to six, that's the first scene where we there has been talks of her like how they met, and there are two things that happen before they get to the rooftop uh, when Clint is explaining to Kate he's getting the watch. From some, he doesn't say my wife one because um, he's trying to keep her business quiet. But he says a friend, and if this watch was found, that would reveal more about this friend, and that could be trouble. Right, and, and he said he's getting he said it for his God. wife. Yeah, yeah. Mockingbird is very much a shield agent in the comics, uh, and you know she's a, on a similar power level. Like she's like really kick ass fighter with with batons and stuff. And the what makes this complicated is that. They already introduced this character on the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show as a completely mm-hmm. different, uh, that nothing to do with Hawkeye, uh, played by Adrian Pilecki, uh, who is on the Orville and who actually starred in a uh, failed Wonder Woman TV series pilot a while back. But she's also from Toledo, Ohio. That's where correct. Andy and I are Joe from. with the random facts. Well, that's where we're from, so she's our hometown gal. She went to Whitmer High yeah. School, home of the... But Lord help Um, But I think it's interesting because in episode one through three, we talked about like, uh, she's very, we kept saying, man, she's very understanding for a wife. Yeah. Um, And that he is leaving. And then 
there's a moment where then she starts speaking Russian to like shield out the kids from the conversation. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, so she's she's more than understanding. And the fact that she's able to pull information, you're like, uh-huh. I don't remember her much, but now I'm paying attention to his wife. Right. And so, yeah, I like that they're developing that a little bit. Like she's not just, I'm a wife that takes care of the kids in this right. house for you. So you can go avenge. Like Mockingbird is an Avenger. Uh, her on her own right in the comics and uh, she's you know pretty tough and accomplished although she's, her like one of her original costumes had like one of these sort of old school Catwoman eye masks and like really flowy sleeves and but like then no pants it's <laughs> is there nerd hubbub and hullabaloo and uh, conjecture that she is going to be her own like she's going to be later a superhero in this in the MCU or not? Not necessarily. I mean, there's the hubbub is all like, all right, how are they going to reconcile this being Mockingbird, Agent Nineteen, with the Agents of Shield thing? Are they are they ever going to acknowledge that Agents of Shield? We is know they're not canon. Or you know what I love? we don't know for sure. Like this is the first time. Yeah. This and uh, the recent Spider-Man movie are the first time the Netflix Marvel series have been acknowledged by the mcu proper okay right so there's and kevin feige has said some stuff about going you know the uh uh, there are fans of the agents of shield show go ahead art oh were you you raising the roof about agents of shield i thought you were raising your hand to talk can i say this (laughs) i'm putting putting myself in a queue (laughs) okay but uh i think uh the rumor or like it's going to probably be established that since Agents of shield was so nuts and went through time travel and alternate dimensions and stuff on its own without being acknowledged by the mcu it's going to fit right into the whole dr strange and the multiverse of madness movie that's coming out next year building on spider-man no way home which uh just came out and is uh pretty fascinating so uh that's that's what the nerds are all about like yeah, right. That's the only thing I heard. Yeah, was like, are we just gonna pretend that these two worlds don't exist separately? Um, but so they probably it's another timeline, and uh, although it followed the MCU timeline really closely for a while at the beginning, but a yeah. lot of stuff does. I mean, I'm always kind of fascinated with alternate timelines in that um, everything's the same except oh, this guy made this other choice, and then that. Like it's spread off into how, yeah, how many alternate timelines are fucking almost identical until Hawkeye says, I'm gonna shoot this guy instead of that guy, or something well, like that. We learned that during Loki, there's a million trillion timelines. That's that right. With one thing. Thanks, Loki, for teaching us the, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the more you know. Yep, that's right. So uh, yeah, so that I like that they're developing uh uh Laura into more of a character rather than just uh I'll hold down yeah. the house while you go superhero, buddy. Well, exactly. Cool. For, femini- like, for feminism's sake. Yeah. So <laughs> she's got like a, yeah. a history. It makes sense if she used to be a shield agent herself and she was like, all right, you know what? I'm sick of this. Let's dial it back and I, I let's have a goddamn family in a normal life. 20% off there, bud. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, speaking of the feminism thing, like I wanted, I was looking through this as I was, you know, recapping this. Uh, a lot of these were directed by Bert and Bertie. Are these people you guys know? They're two female directors that work together a lot. Bert and Bertie. I never heard of them. 
I don't they either. directed like four out of the six of these episodes, I think, or three out of six. But they cool. didn't direct all of them. So the Re- Reese Reese Johnson or something like that, Reese Johnson. I was looking at all that just as I was looking through. And then a lot of these writers were women. In fact, the Ronin episode, I had to stop and look who wrote that because that, I hate to jump jump way into this. Maybe we'll get to it later. But that macaroni scene was fucking genius and hilarious. I've watched like three times now. Just so well written and so well acted by those two. I mean, I can't say enough about Elena and Kate together. Like their whole thing, that needs to be the show going forward. It needs to be just those two. So what I hear so, you saying is a women-led Yes. It, it needs to be directed fantastic. Yes. Directed by mm. Burton Birdie. It needs to be written mm. by Oh, I got her name here. The girl who wrote. If only the rest of the world caught up to that theory of how women led things. Jenna Noel Frazier, I think, probably wrote that scene. I don't know if she just wrote the whole, but she's credited as the writer. She's not looked her up online. She hasn't written a whole lot of things, but I think I'm a fan. I'm trying to learn to follow writers instead of just like directors and actors, whatever, too, to see like. Is can I see a thread? Like, can I? Will I like her work? Like in movies, you know, because people don't do that. People don't look at who wrote episodes <laughs> of shows. But I don't know. I'm just like the more I work on writing things and things like I don't know. So I hope she wrote that. I mean, I'm guessing she wrote that macaroni scene. I mean, I, was it all improvised? By is it the actresses the, who plays Elena? What's her name? She's a famous actress. Florence right? Pugh. Florence Pugh. She was. She's fucking fabulous. Kate. Uh, Haley Seinfeld's fabulous. The writing on that episode, it was directed by Burton Birdie. I don't know. So I don't know. I'm going to look at what they do. So these women, this is a women led show, basically. I mean, a lot of, I mean, it's awesome. Like that's who's, yeah. So yeah, you're right. Did we we talk about the Black Widow movie? Yeah, about the fate of Macaroni. Florence Pugh's, yeah, Yeah, Florence Pugh's character debuted in, in that. Yeah, we didn't do like oh, we didn't do the mo- new movies. We do just the no, new show. We haven't done the, the new movies yeah. to keep Joe's brain from yeah. <laughs> crying yeah. out of order all the way. It is hard watching Cat Winter Soldier and this at the same time, but but it's good in some ways. I think I don't know anyway. But but let's get back to the movie real quick. So, uh, or you mean well, you're back to the fight. Scene, I mean the which show is women with women. Yeah, so that badass <laughs> fight scene where we don't yeah. know it's Elena until they take her mask off. And um, she is. Oh shoot! I just I just realized I can move these bullet points, and so they may not be in order now because I can move. Oh, sorry, I got this. Good job, this idiot. Little... Anyway, <laughs> Joe got distracted. Uh, so Elena shows up, and he's like, "Somebody hired a black widow." And so I kind of went down a path on my own, just like, "Wait a minute, Elena is she from the comics?" Which I was going to ask you, and Andy will go on a twenty minute diatribe about that. But she is. I've I've discovered, and she's Black Widow after the first black widow so there's multiple and then i looked at black widow there's multiple black widows we, and right. i know you talked about clairvoyant at one point on wikipedia there's yeah. clairvoyant as a black wit- widow that was the original golden age back from the 40s era uh was uh <laughs> claire she was more mystical i guess yeah uh and but yeah yelena belova was introduced um 1999 and she was pretty much a villain at first like you know like an like what if black widow had to deal with an evil version of herself which, which is kind of what they're yeah. doing here right i mean and what they did in yeah black widow sort of nah, they try to change it around it's but it's more like uh in that it's they, they've kind of softened yelena belova for the 
film, I guess. I haven't followed her too closely in the comics, but I remember like she was straight on supervillain for a while. She was like combined with some other entity and was in uh, Ames evil uh, entourage or ruling council. I can't. Oh shit! It had a name. I don't remember, but uh, it's they're making her a lot more oh this is someone else who's been through uh the red room with black widow and uh i mean they did kind of fight each other a bit but not that seriously in, in the, the comics movie. in the comics in they the were movie. very serious about it and she was like elena was very you know dark and obsessive but in this like all right let's have a a more fun black widow i guess <laughs> i like i love i love that she's fun the macaroni scene gosh i can't tell you enough so so we see her go into the blip and i feel like i could be wrong this seems like at least from where we are in in the i guess i don't know it feels like it's the first time we really see the blip from the people who disappeared perspective you get a little bit of it from um Mom- one division yeah Remember, yeah. Monica Rambo. Yeah, 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 yeah. You saw her come out of the blip at the hospital. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's when we. Yeah, when they were like everybody. But we like, see it from her perspective because things are a little. So we get a little bit of it through Monica. Yeah. And oh we yeah. Just felt like it was real time. Yeah. But can you rewind to the roof scene because this is my favorite part in. Yes. Fighting. There's a point. First of all, all the women are badass. Yes. In that scene, but there's point where Clint is down Kate you know is being there helpful and then she aims and Black Widow goes Mm-mm. just so slightly ever so <laughs> like no ma'am uh that for me listen <clears throat> you can tell by all the things I love in this episode it's subtleties all the subtle things yeah just- these big moments and TBJ is like here are all the subtle moments that are magical because <laughs> that for me established I'm not here to hurt you. This isn't about you. You don't want to do this with me. And then goodbye. <laughs> and propels off a roof. So I'm sorry. I just wanted to take it back to that. I'm going to keep yeah. talking for all the subtle scenes. Oh, that whole scene is so awesome. Too. This, like with the, the zip line and yeah. the kick-ass fighting. Yeah. There's so much in the little bits in this series for me. Mm-hmm. Oh. That blows my mind or makes me so happy. I think just how much you love these shows, Andy. Uh, yeah, Andy, because um, not Andy, Joe. Yeah, <laughs> I got it's okay. We all look the same. But um, <laughs> but the fact that like here's a guy with a bow and arrow, and you you're like sucking this shit up like it's delicious. Uh, but but that's shit. just it. But that's just it. It's not him that I care about. It's like they've de- like Kate kicks ass, I, Elena I, kicks I, I ass. I think I think you loving all of the women. I think you I think you you have a newfound respect for Clint. Maybe. I think you do. Maybe. And, well, yes. There's on a, to your hate just to hold on to your haters. Well, I, I mean, still, guys with bow and arrows are stupid, but the trick arrows help. And I got a couple points in here that I'll get to that I'll tell you what has won me over too. But all guys with bow and arrows suck. Is this is this your stance? I don't know. Just bow and arrow. It's just a fucking bow and arrow. You got all this other cool shit. And, oh yeah, he's, he's gonna shoot something with an arrow. Can you shoot a bow and arrow, Joe? No. Um, okay. Here I'm gonna say it live. We're gonna take a trip to camp. My job has camp. I won't say my day job on the podcast because I get in trouble sometimes. Uh, we're gonna go. And there's an archery 
place there. And I want, I'm going to record you. A t- <laughs> I can't do it. And then I'm going to have some of the uh, staff who were hella good at this shoot the bow. And I want you to then tell me after that, how stupid people are <laughs> when you're standing stationary and just have to shoot straight and suck versus when you're battling shit out and jumping off of a building and shooting. I will and say have to be accurate. the no look. My right? daughter, my daughter went to Ren Fest and yeah. she, with a friend, and she came back and said, "I shot a bow and arrow, and I got a bullseye." So maybe she's Kate Bishop, yeah. or Katniss. She could be Katniss, or Katniss. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. But Joe, so I'm putting this out here now to change Joe's mind or to prove him wrong. We are going to take a field trip, guys, on whenever all of us are off at one time. That'll never happen. And this is a regular hard. camp, not a fish camp. <laughs> No, it's an actual camp location, and Joe's going to be charged with shooting the bow. And I want you to bring your daughter because I want her to witness this. All right, (laughs) back to the show. Kingpin, we see at the end of I think this first episode, this episode four, uh, Kingpin on the little picture, and that's when I I bumped into Art at work. I was like, "Hey, was that Vincent D'Onofrio, Kingpin, or could it be somebody else?" He was like, "As Vincent D'Onofrio, you can see him in the credits." Idiot, he said. But yeah, that picture. Did Art call you an idiot? <laughs> no, he didn't. That that picture did not look like Vincent D'Onofrio. But that's then... why I thought it might not be him. But, but uh, yeah. see, it's one of those things like Marvel wouldn't do that big for swerve where they would sit there and show you what you thought was a grainy picture of Vincent D'Onofrio and then have him in the credits of said episode and it not be him. Yeah, yeah. I didn't look. I didn't look at the credits that closely. What I always say. What do I always say? Listen, look at the credits. He's always telling you to go through the credits. Look through the credits. Hint of everything. Yeah, he's a. I'll I'll go to the credits after I see the story unfold. And and basically, what you two basically did was prove my point. Where a lot of people don't like to read; they just like to see the pictures. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. That's it. You guys are idiots or anything, you know. But uh, just for reference, uh, the Kingpin was the, the leader of the tracksuit mafia in that comic series as well. Okay. So, uh, like, uh, Hawkeye never really been, you know, Hawkeye didn't get a lot of solo comics in general. So, like, the, it was interesting pairing up Hawkeye with Kingpin, who was like, I just saw an article on sci fi.com that referred to Kingpin as Marvel's street level Thanos, as in, like, that's how enigmatic and untouchable and powerful he is on the you know the level of organized crime. Okay. Well, and, I mean, they would make they were making him like that, like the big guy. The big guy's going to get involved. You know, yeah. then him sitting and then him sitting saying in the Ronan episode, they need to know that this city is mine. Like all of this shit that just happened, and you have this mob basically a mob boss, you know, talking like nothing in the world can stop him. You know, like uh, to him, nothing could. So. And then we see it. He gets hit by a car. Everything just yeah, he's like Kate Bishop's oh, throwing everything at him. Yeah, yeah, nothing matters. You know, in the, in the comics, they like as big as Kingpin is usually drawn or portrayed in the comics, like all of mostly all of his body is supposed to be like muscle. You know, like I think I read something where they say when she shot the arrow, it hit his sternum. And it's like the densest bone in the body. And that's why he was able to just like brush it off and keep going. 
and then he gets hit by the car, it's because he's supposed to be this really low, like, really just like, um, I don't want to say immovable force like the juggernaut, but like his body is supposed to be that fit and muscly. Oh, yeah, I said muscly. (laughs) 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 That he could um, uh, withstand certain things like that, which is why as we get in the reveal of the, and there was also the fact that they showed him having all of these, you know, things happening to him set up what happens in episode six. Be just because it's like you're not going to give us. I mean, you, they could, but I don't think they would just give us Vincent D'Onofrio only to take him away. You know, right? And uh, yeah, yeah, Kingpin's like like a man mountain, which is not to be confused with Man Mountain Marco, who is <laughs> another comic book character from the '60s that Stanley created, and he's just a big giant dude. Uh, but he's yeah, it's. It's the same, like what happened. I mean, this is jumping to the end. I don't know if you want to. You want yeah, to keep jump going to the, Let's jump to the end because part of what I mean, I will go back chronologically. But like, like you said, you don't think they're taking him away, even though at the very end of episode six, we they cut away and we heard gunshot, and we know Maya's got what a gun. I, like in the comics, that's literally that's almost like a panel in the comics where it's like the exact same thing, where Echo has a gun pointed at his forehead shoots him. Then as a couple of panels later, you see Kingpin alive and well, except now he just has his eyes bandaged. Bandaged. <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he comes away blinded uh, in the comic series because uh, you know, you can't kill off a major character like Kingpin So uh, we think that's what's going to happen, like season two He's, will yeah. be that. Which will be interesting. There's an obvious reason they didn't show the actual shooting. Yes. Right. Got we got to see the actual death happening. There's a reason we didn't. Like, even before that part, the part when like you know Kate does the thing and the arrows shock him or electrocute him or whatever, and when they go but like oh Kingpin's gone right then and there, I thought that was just going to be the end of Kingpin right. seeing right there. They're like oh well, where yeah. did he go? It's I almost did too. that thing. But I then boom, too, you yeah. see. And um, Echo, I guess trying to close that part of the show. Up. Well, I think they really needed a show. They needed. Maya to become Echo and like to be a hero, like to really, even after she fought that other guy, I think they needed to really just show her trajectory as being because isn't she a young Avenger or something too? Or eh, she could be, uh, you know, she was uh, sort of uh, like they introduced like the Echo story is separate from the Hawkeye story for the most part. Uh, like uh, Echo's life is you know just like in this uh, kingpin had her father killed didn't tell her and like kind of raised her as like honoring the, his father's last request was to raise her as uh his daughter which seems to be what he did so that's why she's like just follows him blindly and then until he, she finds out the truth and uh you know she does that she shoots him and then he's so that whole that whole later. echo bit and ronin bit wasn't in the hawkeye comic uh ronin came later for echo uh okay. echo had a whole arc uh where she was you know like in love with daredevil and uh have, oh. they had a thing and she's got photographic reflexes so okay. she can she can watch she watched daredevil and bullseye fight and was able able to instantly copy how well they could fight she could she watched someone play uh uh 
piano and then she was able to replicate it perfectly even That's though cool. she can't hear anything she uh, like concert level pianist because uh she she can just uh see stuff and translate it into action but again they're taking they're taking multiple different comics and, and kind of them into this yeah. mcu which is exciting for yeah nerds because it, it wouldn't right. be as exciting so, if they just did you know exact copies of the comics right like that would just be so what you're just making exact copies you're you're melding you're building it depends thing. on the nerd you talk to i'm okay. sure like a lot of nerds are like well, that's not faithful enough to the comics but uh <laughs> there will always be like, those nerds yeah the the mcu has has crafted a really good balancing act between being faithful enough to the spirit of the comics they're drawing from while sort of adapting their stories into their own thing so it doesn't okay. bother nerds as much it's like all right i can see the character i love and he's doing the things he would do as long as you're true to the characters and you're taking enough elements from the books to make us happy without like treating the the novel as a script that you yeah. can't deviate from most and nerds get, are happy with that but they're always going to be like I can't believe they made that change in the story. That's that's absurd. Absurd. Yes, and those people need to get life. What I love about things like this is just the fact that like it's introducing, you know, characters to the masses. And not like they give us, you know, nerd shit or MacGuffins and shit like that. But it's like someone like a fledgling nerd like Joe, it's like, oh, who's this? Who's this? Why is this? Like, you know, we go back to the whole Mockingbird thing. It's like, you know, Marvel creates, like in some, of, in some of these MCU movies and shows, they create, either create characters or they pull characters from the multiverse, put them in. I guess, I'm, 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 I'm one, I think, I think I've seen their timeline listed as 199, like four nines or some shit like that. So you have like the Marvel 616, which is like the main comic story. But then you also have like the MCU, which is also like a timeline where, you know, we talk about like Mockingbird. Like I've read that like, you know, they, they have her as Agent 19. Then, you know, Agent 19 on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you know, she was um, involved with Lance Hunter. And it's like, so you, and they had this kind of vibe sort of how Clint and Mockingbird did like in the comics. Even though Lance Hunter and Michael Bird were married in the comics, but then it was also sound like how Laura Barton, you know, could be Michael Bird, and then Michael Bird could not just necessarily be just like her playing um, like Michael Bird, and then a different version of Michael Bird. But Michael Bird could possibly be like Black Widows, where you have like a multiple of people being Michael Birds because they're like, like I said, like they like Black Widows. But it's like one of those things where like if you don't read the comics. And if someone said like Agent 19 is Mockingbird, you're gonna make it seem like, oh, Laura Barton is Mockingbird. But it's also like if she wasn't an agent of shield, how do we know she's not Bobby Moore? They could have just changed her name yeah, yeah. to Laura Barton. Well, all the or I mean, it could have just multiple, been there's multiple Captain Americas, yeah. there's multiple Iron right. Man, there's right. It's a, yeah. There's a legacy, like it could be like 007, like Agent 19 <laughs> retired, there's a new Agent 19 or something like that. Yeah. Possibly. And uh yeah, so there's legacy issues. You know, Captain America's passing the mantle to Sam. Uh, Iron Heart is showing up eventually. Hawkeye looks to be about ready to go. All right, Kate Bishop, you can take over the avenging part. 
I'm going to go be with my family at Christmas. I'm going to actually pay attention to my kids. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because 007, Joey Trader Smith was 007 until um, Davian stated Daniel Craig is 007. I don't know. I haven't watched any James Bond since. Uh, 007 uh, has never been my jam. Well, that was a big issue. And the black woman at that. So, I mean, like, it's like for so, for so long, 007 was always associated with James Bond. You know, well, so 007 someone... is a different title. So, yeah, like oh, yeah one is? of the last movies they they introduced, like, James <laughs> Bond said, was what? on the outs. So, 007 was, a, right, there was a new 007. Just, all right, enough of this 007 bullshit. Let's get back to the. I have a question. I have a question. You know what it sounds like, Joe? <laughs> it sounds like. You know, you're not that, that big of a feminist as you try to portray. What does 007 have to do with... As, aren't they womenizing? Misogynists? Well, 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 listen, the very early, fact, yeah. We were saying how 007 was made a woman, a black woman at that, and you were like, enough of this 007 bullshit. Oh, I missed that bit. Sorry. I didn't hear yeah, you say your that. Your timing was horrible. Yes. Oh, I didn't but, even hear that. I, old I mean, school no. James Bond movies were hella disrespectful for women. Yeah. yeah. Face, wait, but, but wait, you, to adjust. you're saying now they have a 007 that's an African American woman? Yeah. In, yeah, in the I movies? Guess. Yeah. I mean, they, they, I, I'm not. Or like, comics. Is it a comic? Movies. movies. It's in the movie, but like James Bond is separate from 007. So they just put a new 007 in to sort of, uh, people God. started what? talking about recap. Like the next James Bond should be Idris Elba or something like that. There was a lot of talk about. Oh. Um, like maybe. Oh wait, I did hear Idris Elba is gonna be right or not. Is that something they have? They have not announced. confirmed, but that's what a lot of people would like to see and are guessing. Uh, well, I've never been a James Bond. I've never. I don't know anything about any of that, so that's why I'm so, not yeah. anything to do with what what you said. I, <laughs> I, but I because I had a question about halfway through your last thing, Art. I had a question that I was just kind of earmarking, so I was just trying to remember that the whole time so i can't i can i'm not that smart i can only concentrate on one thing at a time swordsman because you were talking about all these characters they're introducing and how they're weaving them in so i wanted to ask about swordsman because i thought swordsman was a villain and and this whole thing surprised me when he ends up being good and he's helping fight and she's apologizing to him and she's his stepdad but that's not in the comics, right? Swordsman's not related at all to kate bishop in the comics or is he? uh i no, i don't is think he a good so guy? but uh, he started out as a villain, like he was a carny with Clint Barton. Oh, and right. He, okay, yeah. He kind of trained him. You told me that. Yeah, you guys did yeah. say that. Yeah. But like, he's been a villain and a hero, and okay. uh, so like, he was an Avenger for a while, and oh, um, uh, there, <laughs> and to the point <clears throat> where enough happened that you remember you shit, you haven't seen Guardians of the Galaxy yet. It's next less. though. He it's has after to. Cap. Yeah. Like in the comics, Swordsman is at some point married to Mantis, who is introduced in Guardians Two. Oh, uh, which with like some crazy alien lady who is gives birth to this tree guy. <laughs> it's there's a lot of weird shit going on in the comics, and Swordsman is one of like the only Avengers they killed off and kept dead for a long time. Oh, okay, um, but yeah, you know, he's so it's kind of interesting that. Uh, they introduced him at all i get like it's cool that they introduced him in the hawkeye series 
but I guess they're kind of transferring him to be more of a, I guess, someone who can be a mentor to Kate as opposed to having been a, a carny with Hawkeye back in the day. Okay. I think so. I like uh, that storyline of the entire time her being like, this dude is shady. And really, he is just a rich dude who didn't have mm-hmm. to work. Like, again, because I like all the small things in these scenes, him arguing with his cousin when he gets out of jail, the, the little kid cousin. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have he was like, but I'm out. Um, <laughs> Remember that time you wet your pants? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. That was hilarious. But it, it was a great reminder. And even when he was getting arrested, he was like, this is a mistake. I have never worked a day in my life. Like, it's not what I do. <laughs> all these reminders that he really is just this dude who has all this money. And what does he do with his money? He buys swords and he does all these things for no reason other than he has all this money and he's just well-trained at it. But it's great to see all of that in him because we spent the first, you know, few episodes just going something shady and it turns out he's not the shady one in the relationship right yeah it makes you look back on every time she tried to say something to her mom and her mom's like because you were like moms can't be that stupid but it explains so much yeah so much but i love that we saw him just being like a dude and then when they when the larpers are like you should hang with us and he was like it sounds very common like he's just (laughs) He's just a rich uh, who could probably be a jerk, but is not all the time. Well, and that's what I got kind of around here is when we find out that Eleanor framed Jack and all this, and then we get the macaroni scene, which I was talking about, which is fucking genius. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, go back and watch that macaroni scene. So funny, both of them together. Those two, I'm telling you, that is the show. Like, that needs to be more of those two. You only have that's one fork. I'm one person. <laughs> it's like, nope. oh, and just her just saying, oh, macaroni. I got hungry. You took forever. And when she puts the hot sauce in it, oh, I love hot sauce. I'm only in New York. I, this is my first time in New York. Like she's so <laughs> funny and playful, but also this badass Russian. And then just like, uh, the like flirting you. with them, flirting with like, you would have killed me right away. Yes, I would have. <laughs> oh, yes, I would have killed you immediately. <laughs> And oh, yeah. Kate Bishop, and it's it's just those two together, like that macaroni scene. I just kept going, yes. It's not even just a macaroni yes. scene; it's that fight scene oh, later. It's yeah, the fight bantering. scene later. The fight There's scene later. Witty forget banter. about it. the yeah. elevator thing. Mm-hmm. And when they're the, the ele- she gets a, and they're fighting, and she rips off. Her, did you plan that? Yes, I did. Okay, no, I didn't. And then there, and then the, the part when she, Kate Bishop's like, "Stop making me like you," like that's yeah, just yeah. so. Yeah. Oh, those two. All day, every day, those two. That's all I want. The witty banter yeah. wins. That yeah. please, please, a show with those two would be so, so great. I don't know. Give them whatever they want. That needs to be the show. Oh my god, I can't say it enough. Uh, and my my guess is they're like when the new iteration of Avengers rises because it feels like there's not really an operating Avengers team right now. Yeah after Endgame, everything was destroyed and the whole compound is destroyed and it's been looted yeah. for the auction house and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. When, the, when the next team rises, it's going to include both of those two. Well, yeah. Well, she's the new Black I Widow, so. right? Yelena is. Yeah. And then we got the yeah. new Hawkeye. Uh, I mean, I liked old Black Widow. Don't get me wrong. She's fucking fabulous, but I love Yelena. Uh, those two, oh my gosh, it's going to be great. I can't wait now. Like, yeah. they're really doing... <sighs> I don't know. For a long time, when you kept talking about the Young Avengers are coming, the next is going to be the Young Avengers. I kept thinking, 
oh, this is giving me a Koi Advance vibe, uh, <laughs> which is like the new Koi Advance, the replacement Dukes of Hazard. Yeah. So <laughs> back in the day in the seventies, the Dukes and Hazard went on strike or something, and then they had like a contract with- dispute. So they replaced uh, with identical chumps. Except they switched the colors of the shirt that they wore, and then they were their cousins, Coy and Vance Duke, who uh, kind of tanked the whole show. <laughs> yeah, and they were lame as hell. We thought it was lame as hell, but now this is a good segue back to something we talked about before. You go back to something you loved as a kid, and you rewatch like, oh, this didn't work. This is problematic. Oh, Confederate flag on their car. You know, like hell this yeah, is a terrible. Is hell yeah. problematic. Yeah. It, it just wasn't good. But when we were kids, we didn't know what that was. And they were just guys that ran away from the police yeah. and made moonshine or whatever. But if they were guys that jumped cars up. over creeks. Yeah, that was we what like we wanted. Jumping. We wanted our mom to jump station wagons over trains. We yes. wanted uh, like, yeehaw. That's what we were there for. Yeah. yeah. So we yeah. But we look back. That's hella problematic. As, as yeah. Just a bunch of good old boys. Yeah. yeah a bunch of good old boys. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Well, um, never mean no harm. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> harm to you. Yeah, true. Anyway, so we're we're coming around the home stretch here. So when they, we get to the arrow making, the arrow making montage where she's mm-hmm. like, oh, "We need more arrows." Um, oh, one thing I did skip though, when the they meet with the larpers and they're making the uniforms, I saw on IMDb in the background you can hear the Star Wars Christmas special uh, is playing in the background. Um, like when Clint's walk in the grill department, you hear Christmas is here from um, a Charlie Brown Christmas. Like yeah. <laughs> music in this, like the way they the way they set up the music in these Marvel shows, it's it's I guess like I, when I watched it again when I watched Rogers the musical bit, yes. I didn't I didn't hate it as much as I did in the beginning. <laughs> but like just, just watching these movies is like their music. It, everything's keyed into the, the the dramatic tones of the show or the moments sometimes. So, well, like, and what what better way to establish super nerds as LARPers than the Star Wars Christmas special in the background, yeah, which yep. is uh, notoriously t- anyway. I saw that I'm, I didn't catch that myself, but I found on you at But the arrow making is a cool another montage where they're making cool things. She's labeling them, and like that was a cool like. That made me like Hawkeye a little bit more because okay, he's not just a dumbass shooting arrows. Like he's he's like Iron he's Man. He's never he a make... dumbass. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> the comics with the H on his head and the stupid purple mask. Like... You can't blame him for that. It's not like uh, yes, he character decided that was his look. <laughs> what you're hating on is his his lack of character development. I guess you're... just in general with all the Avengers, it's like oh, all these cool Avengers and then fucking guy shooting arrows. You know, uh, same thing, which with makes him more badass because he's just shooting <laughs> arrows man. and holding his own with the goddamn Avengers. Like that. Whoa! whoa. The did genius. You, did you miss the part where Kate was talking to him while he was doing the arrow building and everything? When she was sitting there saying how, yes. you know, he jumped off, like he did all these things, yeah, and he yeah. was basically a normal guy. Yo, come on. That's what I'm saying. That that scene helped. Her explaining her perspective, and and when they showed at the beginning, her as a little girl watching him, that helped me have more fondness. But and you not didn't hate get that when you're watching, like when we're watching Avengers, no. and you're thinking to yourself, "No." When I watch the first Avengers, like ah, fucking that dumb guy or the dumb face. 
But for me, that's why I like him. Same reason I like, you know, my favorite character of all time. They're just regular dudes. They're dudes who need some therapy, who need to process some shit. But they're also out here doing the damn thing with no magical power. Well, I think Jeremy Renner was part of the problem for me. Like, I just like like Jeremy Renner. Like, it's just he's got a dumb face. (laughs) Our apologies to Jeremy Renner. Joe does not speak on behalf of all of nerd school. There is a line I think you'll like when we get to Age of Ultron, where uh, Hawkeye gives kind of a pep talk to uh, Wanda and says, look, we're fighting an army of robots, and I have a bow and arrow. <laughs> yes, that's that's the whole thing. of it. But me. I'm going to be out there. If you step out that door to fight, you're an Avenger. And, but uh, that's the beauty of it, Joe. I think you, my favorite superheroes are the ones with no. Yeah, you love Batman so much. I think he's kind of a douche. So, but that's. My- I mean, he is a rich, privileged kind of guy, but I like yeah. him because he is a regular guy. That wears stupid bat. Special powers other than bat ears. Money. <laughs> um side note i watched the preview for the new batman and i'm very mad at who did hair and costumes for that because robert pattinson's hairdo and that stupid thing i was like who the f- looks disgusting looks disgusting what, <laughs> what is that look i'm what so mad like, look? He, he looks, it's horrible I he's trying to make him look really tortured or something i'm like no. oh this dude this Uh-oh. dude's gonna ruin it like, like i'm not i'm not gonna be able to watch this movie because i'll be looking at his hair all of the time you know, and like, it was that whole entire preview. I was like, what the fudge? Oh, no. Why would you do? Who was in charge of hair and makeup on this film? They need to be fired. Meanwhile, Zoe uh, Kravitz looked like a goddamn goddess, um, as she should. But yeah. you got Robert Pattinson over here looking like a homely dude who doesn't know how to groom himself properly. <laughs> like, what the fudge? He's got a lot of money. I'm sure he can groom well. <laughs> well, uh, not to defend yeah, I don't like his hair either, but it's also, it looks to be really uh, focusing on Batman as a, like a deranged sort of hyper-violent guy with problems. So, this could be before he really Bruce Wayne's it up and... It's supposed to be like a, a year zero kind of version of Batman. That's why. Oh, God. I really hope the storyline pulls through because I am so livid as as the queen of Batman that this fool. I'm so... And I'm sure there's a way to show disheveled. Like, I just want to have a conversation with the (laughs) Because there's a way to show disheveled without what we saw. Like, what we saw was tragic. Like, and I, I lost my parents. Tragic, like, is that... It was not cool. Sorry, Joe. Back to Hawkeye. But well, speaking of tragic, so you, you know, like you think Jeremy Renner's dumb face ruined Hawkeye for you. Yeah, she's letting the hairdo destroy yes. a Batman movie for her right now. Before it's <laughs> yes. even out, before it's even out, you know, it's, I'm judging you're already it, judging, but it. based on hair, but also because I actually enjoy that character. Joe, you just hate Hawkeye for no reason. Well, than- I hate all just to just to be safe, just to be you know fair. I hate all bow and arrow guys. Like the arrow guy, Green Arrow, is even dumber. Rob Robin Hood, I don't. Robin dumb. was he was Robin the Rich for the. I pool. like I do like that. I like right. that Robin Hood did that. But did he have to wear a stupid green outfit and have a? Did bow something and arrow? happen to you in childhood when you were? Maybe. Around- 
with a bow and arrow? Like, probably. Archer man, Andy, help us out. What happened to Joe? I, I recall nothing about archery. Was he at like an archery competition just and think, made fun of so I just bad? Think that I can't do like, it. Like, I've never been able to figure that out. So I just, I hate it all. Maybe I, don't I will know. tell you, it is not easy. I like, know. I know it's not I easy. I can't do it. A couple years ago, and it is hella hard. But I've also met some teenage girls who are just so gotten him good at that yeah. stuff. Like, are My you this? Do we need to talk? Can you teach me your ways? <laughs> Teenage I'm girls sorry. are the future. Teenage girls are the future. As we see by the women-led oh. leadership of Hopi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every, from now on, everything. Now, I've been saying this for a long time. All of our leadership in American government needs to be just all women for like 20 years. Like just men aren't allowed to run for 20 years and then we'll get right <laughs> the ship and then we can equal everything out. And now I'm thinking... All superhero shows should be written and directed by all women from for just 10 years, 20 years. Anyway, but back to the show. So uh, we, we talked about the Kate and the Yelena elevator thing and that full mm. fight, that whole scene of them fighting is hilarious and awesome. They're not trying to hurt each other, but they're, and you did very good with that. Oh, the way you slammed the body. Like that was yeah. just so great. Yeah. Um, we already talked about that, but so a couple things towards the end, the big, Times Square or not Times Square, but the Rockefeller Center tree thing. You know, I mm-hmm. saw somebody online saying this is why Hawkeye fucking sucks. You, you just when you think he's great, he can't fucking figure out how to get out of a tree. You know that that's Hawkeye. He's just a fucking you guy. Get tangled, you get <laughs> tangled up in situations. I know. I'm just saying. I saw that on the internet. I was like, yeah, right on. He is fucking dumb. But, I love how you said right on. Let me see you fling from a building. Oh, a, I, I've done it. I've a tree. I've I've jumped out of the Rockefeller tree several times. Okay. With Art Star when we were doing our, our pro wrestling gig as the Rock and Roll Express. <laughs> All right. No, but when he sees the owl, somebody online I saw said that owl means more than you think. And then the owl later takes that the miniaturized sweat pants guys but they said the owl is supposed to be something i didn't click on the article but i didn't know if you guys had heard any of the nerd stuff the owl is supposed to be something else um uh stump the nerds yeah i'm not sure but a lot of nerd journalism is all about finding one thing and saying "Ooh, what does this mean right right Sometimes it's nothing. They just need to fill their clickbait article quota for the day. Right. No, what, what this is, is, uh, it is going to be a, an, a mashup of MCU and Harry Potter. That's what's happening here. <laughs> it's Harry Potter. It's one of the owls from uh, Hogwarts coming to retrieve the track. Alternate timeline. For experiments. Yep. That's, that's the tea. We're going to get uh, Ron Weasley versus Dormammu. Oh, yep. aren't all- he, he heard it first here. Harry Potter is going to show up in Doctor Strange. <laughs> yep. Aren't all owls assholes? According, according to that, that one onion article thing, is owls are assholes, page 35, and that was the whole thing. Or maybe it's the owl from that Tootsie Tootsie Pop commercial. That's probably it. It's uh, or an owl from a stone. Well, anyway, who there's, has a, a, there's a DC character, Doctor Midnight, that has a pet owl. Uh, owl man, but is there an owl man? An owl, owl man is the alternate reality Batman, who oh. was part of the uh, yep. the crime syndicate. But uh, that's DC stuff. Um, I can't offhand think of any Marvel characters that deal with owls. Okay, so but maybe you know, the owls is a standard mystical yeah, kind of always. 
thing, so it could be I don't know Agatha Harkness or something. Right. Well, oh, it could be Ag- Oh, yeah, Agatha could be. Okay. Well, anyway, the whole ending. Oh, there battle. is a supervillain in Marvel called the Owl. So. Oh yeah. Ooh. The Owl is a Kingpin competitor. I forgot about the Owl. Oh. He's, he's ridiculous. He's got like you know, comic book Wolverine hair, weird yeah. green outfit. Do we he looks that's... like a Wolverine who has had no sun for ten thousand years. If and he's... likes to wear ruffled if shirts. Yeah. And... If he's maybe he's taking the sweatsuit guys off to save them if he's no. a kingpin competitor not to save them yeah. uh, if he's if, he, if he's the competitor he's not here to save the tribe or take you know maybe he's taking over the sweatsuit mafia you know like these are these are my track mafia. Guys. i don't know why he keeps saying sweatsuit. oh tracksuit track yes yeah, or that's just to have an owl happen to be in a tree and you never know i'm <laughs> sticking by my harry potter theory so uh, okay we're gonna keep these theories we're gonna write them down we're gonna print them uh, but that's pretty much the end after that all that but it was all really great fight scenes I feel, it was like the last 40 minutes of Wait. The last episode. yes what do we forget before we're not talking about the most dramatic part of the end that's also very subtle that also I think makes uh, Kate a true hero and do what's right is the arrest of her mom yes that's that yeah we kind of alluded to that when she was going bad and i was i yeah. was picturing that but but so, that's a transitional moment like yeah. that's the difference between a because he says to her before they go into battle i need you to know that this comes with sacrifice yeah it's messy it's yeah. not great and i need to know you're ready okay. and the moment when her mom is like we can go back to normal and she was like ma'am murder because her mom just saved her too. Like Mobbing just crashed into. Well, she Penrose. she came out for she she pulled out of her business with Kingpin for her daughter, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But before she did all this, she legit murdered someone. <laughs> yeah, legit framed and laundered money. Like she did these crimes. Yeah. And she way. she probably ran into Kingpin more for herself than anybody else as well because she had to get out from under him. Right. Yeah. And that and then that's a great moment. Like that's the difference between Kate Bishop at the beginning of the series and the end of the series when she says you couldn't handle it without money or you couldn't handle life. Yeah. Yep. Without that's what her mom what says. We you have. don't know how to live life without you uh, basically in the beginning she told her you need this. Like you need this lifestyle, right? Yeah. And that the end, that is a justice is right. Like you have to go to jail. And she doesn't do it like in an angry way. She's just like I love you, mom. Yeah. And she said, Who, you later. and you can't say what I can handle. How, how do you know what I can't handle? Or whatever? Well, and I think she spends a lot of time gaslighting her daughter about like, you know, you're not a superhero, right? Like, you know, you, you know, you can't, yeah. you, when the truth is she's been out here in these streets. <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite thing. That's my favorite TBJ line out here in these streets. is my favorite TBJ. <laughs> Listen, she has been. Yeah, and she, she has been. You're right. And she's surviving alongside a whole grown <laughs> man Avenger. Yeah. And mom's like, you can't do this. And even after she knows that they're connected, the mom still is gaslighting her like, you're not a hero. You need to know you're not a hero. Like, you're not a hero. And at the end, number one, she's a hero. And then she is also going to err on the side of what's right and see you later, mom. Yeah. Yeah, she's badass and funny and Kate Bishop. Yeah, I love. Uh, yeah, it was great. It was. I can't. It's amazing how good all this Marvel shit is. Like, 
And also, uh, just at the end, when they're debating what her superhero name is going to be, that's kind of like an ongoing thing from the comics was like they didn't really like like Lady Hawkeye or Lady Hawk or whatever. Hawk Chop or whatever was left. (laughs) Something like that. They do like at the time, it's like you couldn't like Hawkeye was still active, so you couldn't just be Hawkeye which is, I guess, what they kind of settled on. And they're kind of settling on it in the comics as well, I believe. But there was a while where people kept insisting uh, since uh, Hawkeye and Mockingbird were uh, sort of an iconic couple in the books, like she should, and she wore, initially, Kate Bishop wore a mask that looked a lot like Mockingbird's. Oh. So, uh, her original costume. So they, <laughs> and she was fighting that people, like some, I think one of the other young Avengers was like, you should call yourself Hawkingbird. And she was like, no. That's fucking. <laughs> That's dumb. I'm not gonna call myself Hawkingbird. All right, but, so uh, I, I want to look to Art Star for the because he's always the guy on top of this. Like, what's what's next? Is there a season two Art Star? Do they say? We don't already? know yet. We don't know. Only yet. thing we don't know yet, but then I feel like they left it open just because it wasn't called the series finale. They called it the season finale of um, Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's, did they? That's all I know. Did they say part, season finale for like Falcon oh. and Winter Soldier as well? Yeah, it's like, what about the other ones? We, do we know Falcon Winter Soldier is well, coming we, back? We don't know, we know Falcon coming? and Winter Soldier is. We don't right? know, right? Or we do? We know Loki we know. is. Loki is. We know Loki. WandaVision. We know, but, but, I don't what, think Wanda's coming back. Yeah. yeah. Wanda okay. okay, they. But said we know series. what if and Loki seasons. Yeah, but, say what if. But Falcon okay. Winter Soldier, like I think, like WandaVision and Falcon Winter Soldier are telling specific transitional stories. Yeah, mm-hmm. that I don't, they don't really warrant a season two. I don't think, but uh, well, depending on what they do with the movies. Uh, yeah, but but Loki definitely needs a season two, and uh, uh, this feels like it, it's definitely set up for a continuation. Of- oh gosh, these two, those two, it just needs to be those Yelena and Kate. Mm-hmm. But that that's also interesting because uh, the like in Falcon Winter Soldier we saw Julia Louis Dreyfus setting up uh, her oh, evil yeah. Captain America with U.S. agent, and then at the end of the Black Widow movie she did this she pit uh, Yelena against Clint in the first place. Oh, so uh, and the, in the oh, post credits right. tag, it's something we didn't. I don't think they had dressed in this show this season just because it was like. You know, we're led to believe that Elena hired Yelena. Did I say Elena or Yelena? Yelena. I said Elena, but I did say Elena first, right? You're saying yeah. Elaine from Seinfeld. Uh, Julia, yeah, uh, yeah, Countess Valentina, whatever. I mean, yeah. So Eleanor, like, we're, we're led to believe in this that Eleanor hired Yelena, but then we see at the end where. Um, Val hired, I mean, gave her the dossier to go after her. So, like, does Eleanor and Val have something to do with each other? Or does Kingpin have something to do with Val? Yeah, we never know the Kingpin connection. And that's, like, one of the things... The Kingpin connection could be them... Like, I guess if she is connected to her, it could be, like, him being... The one who creates the Dark Avengers, a la um, Osborne in the comic book series. Like you have two megalomaniac boss type people 
you know, creating their own set of like Avengers. So maybe that could be a way they tie Kingpin and Val, which would then also maybe have the reason why um, Kate's mom hired Yelena to kill Clint. So it seems like a lot if you really try to break it down, just because it was like it was one of those unanswered questions in this series. Especially when Elaine is. Seems like there's a lot that they could keep going with, maybe with all this. Because I'm, yeah. Wait, and then we got to talk about the post credit scene, which is the best post credit scene there's ever been. Uh, We get the the full, a whole whole musical number from the musical, Rogers the Musical, which I really feel like is just as good as any musical I've actually seen. It's this is same. from a guy who does not enjoy musicals. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, no. No, no, no. It's just as good. It's the same. I can't tell the difference. The singing was good. They actually used musical people. The one guy's from Rent, yeah. right? These they are real did. known people, right? TJ? Yeah. Um, so the singing was good. You can't say the singing was bad. What was the the composing was bad? Is that what you're saying? No, I'm saying um I'm just saying no. So <laughs> I want this greenlit. I want this to be a real musical. I, I think. No, I yeah. think they did a good job of making it, um, of making it very Broadway esque, right? Like that was great. I think they were smart that they have actual performers because that's a skill set. Yeah. Um, but man. It's like uh, if you know what they're adapting and then see that ad- adaptation, you're like, <laughs> yeah, this that's where like the big uh, block of cheese is like, this is just cheese. I'm this yeah. is so damn cheesy, but it, it's it's still a lot of fun because I mean, that initial Avengers movie is still, I think, the most fun for a nerd just to watch that whole big secret like this is what every nerd pre-mcu was like oh, get the Avengers, get a whole super team together it's gonna be awesome yeah. we're fighting aliens that's what it's supposed to be yay that was like the crowning achievement of we got to the promised land nerds here we go and then everything after that has been gravy i feel like it's just sort of a commentary too on how like what we as a society do with everything like right this aliens have invaded and we turn into a musical like that's what right that's what we do (laughs) how do you get back to normal i mean you can get i mean Uh, there's a 9-11 musical there actually is a 9-11 musical come from away so that's yeah now i will say as as someone who lives in the world of theater that theater is a great place for conversations to happen and to work and process through things yeah sure Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So I could see why someone thought, hey, if we make a show about this now, I would not have made that story cheesy as they did in this musical. But there are definitely there's definitely space for musicals to tell a story about an event. Like uh, Andy just said, we see that mm-hmm. is tragic, but most of them let you process it through it beautifully. This was just hella corny. <laughs> I think this uh if Rogers of the Musical was a full production, this would be this would have been like the climax of Act One. And then Act Two takes us through Endgame. It's like uh well, depending as, on when it was written. Like like Into the Woods is like the second yeah, yeah. act is a lot darker than the first act. 
Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I I would imagine like you know the first act is is bright exciting action and then the second act is holy shit Thanos. Can I can I say as a fan of theater, as soon as um old dude starts singing, I was like, yo, is that Roger from Rent? Um, which is Pascal, <laughs> the original Roger, who's also the Roger from Rent in the movie. But my so who else to play Rogers, the musical? Yeah, ah. but my theater brain was like, is that Adam? I didn't even call him Adam Pascal. I was like, is that? Is, is, I know this face. Um, <laughs> this is real Broadway. It's but did anyone know? I know Art noted the the extra Avenger in that musical that was not actually Ant Man. Yeah, and that first battle. I'm sure Art has a like tunneled research the webs and has <laughs> he showed up in that last scene. I know you do. Look at you. I know you do. I don't know what you're talking about. You know, <laughs> tell, tell us what the interwebs are saying, Art. I can, I can either confirm nor deny. As far as anyone knows, he was there. He was just real tiny. That's true. <laughs> don't call that. I mean, we watched that already. I think we would have called that. Well, we well need I to mean, have... Clint, Clint, Clint gave him a shout out. He said, well, I have to ask Scott. So, you know, he was there somewhere. Maybe yeah. maybe Scott had it. Well, I don't know. Do, I, do we even know if Ant-Man's secret identity is public? I mean, does everyone know who Ant-Man so. is? Uh, Ooh. I'd have to watch that musical to... number again to see if they said his real name. Or we'll have to watch... Ant Man, when it comes, we out. will watch Ant Man. All right, but with that, we got it. We got to run out of time because we we got to get back to writing the Art Star musical, uh, the, the second <laughs> the act Art Star and Joe musical, which is becomes... strangely sensual, which is it's very oddly sexual. sensual, very sexual, right. oddly okay. sensual. It concerns me, okay. but we will find out the sexual exploits of Artemis Prime. It was very softcore, apparently. Yes, yeah, very well. There's some hardcore, but we're gonna have to <laughs> down for the censors. That's what she said. <laughs> well, that's all the time we got. Thanks, nerds, and we uh, we'll be back. We'll soon be back with, with Captain America: The Winter Soldier, uh, which we all are working on, trying to find the time to record it. Uh, we're gonna get the time. Long time. Yeah, yeah uh, the 2022 should slow down, and uh, I should uh, be able to have a moment to breathe more often hopefully as opposed to uh, just cramming together a podcast during our lunch hour anybody want to say anything about hawkeye before we go hawkeye's cool uh in the comic books hawkeye leads a team of villains turned heroes called the thunderbolts at one point so that would be an interesting thing i've heard some talk about people trying to get a thunderbolts thing going with uh Winter Soldier as well, because he would be a good leader for a team of villains turned heroes. Uh, although Baron Zemo from the Falcon Winter Soldier movie uh, was the originator of the, the whole concept. The so show. Falcon Winter Soldier yeah. show, right? Yeah. yeah. And, Art uh, Star, what do you guys say? Oh, sorry. I just want also just a little, just a little, a little bit of a nerd dribblet, dribblet. I want to, I want to, I want to make that a thing. Nerd dribblet, dribblet, dribblet. Wendy, the black chick in, in this show, um, her name is, in the comics is Bombshell, and she is somewhat of a villainous type, but like in this show, she was a part of the Hawkeye team and helping the, them out a lot. She's a LARPer, right? Oh, yeah. The the police? yeah, she's the one that didn't want to give up the bag. She's like, yeah. my wife invited right. it. It's a Bombshell. Bombshell. Yeah. 
She's an actual comic book character. Oh. And she has something to do with like Heroes for Hire and Misty Knight, who also has something to do with Daredevil, which also kind of ties it into the whole Kingpin thing, you know? Six Whoa. degrees of uh, Bob and then, and like we know, uh, they mentioned uh, Greer in the first episode, and the only yep. human being named Greer anywhere in the universe uh, is Tigra from uh, the comic books. So that could happen. And uh, and I like the idea that if Kingpin winds up blinded, that gives a whole new spin on his relationship with Daredevil, who is a blind superhero. And- well, so spoiler alert is now in the MCU. Yeah. Little Marvel dress. Yep, we saw that. Well, that's, that's in Spider-Man, that. right? Right. He's got right. a cameo that I won't see until 2027. <laughs> <laughs> At the rate we won't going. spoil it for you. It's is beautiful, but we won't spoil it for you. I can't wait. Beautiful. I can't wait. Really, so anyway, thank you, nerds. Nerd up. He's out. It's- Nerd up. Why is that yeah. not our catchphrase? <laughs> That's woman up, nerd, nerd up, woman. nerd up. I'm pretty ladies around the world. Nerd no. up, nerd up. Nerd up. Oh, nerd up. 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 I just want to say goodbye. See you later, nerds. Later, nerds. That's what I was saying. Later, nerds. The Nerd School Podcast. Nerd School is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Now offering video visits so you can take control of your orthopedic care from the comfort of your home. Schedule online at orthocarolina.com. OrthoCarolina, you improved. Listen, people can make fun of me for my holiday movies all we want to, but I'm like, are you alive? Did I fuss at you today? Did I yell about anything? All right, then. You're welcome. You better thank Hallmark for keeping me safe. (laughs) 